Hey, do you teach yoga? Have you ever trained to lead yoga classes to be a yoga therapist? Have you ever owned a yoga studio? Maybe even just wondered what it was like for the women and men up there in front of the room on their mats, leading you through endless Surya Namaskars, down dogs, and pranayamas galore? Well, these are their stories and mine. I'm Rebecca Sebastian, a 20-year yoga teacher, 10-year yoga therapist, yoga studio owner, and co-founder of a yoga-focused nonprofit. I've done a lot in the yoga world over the last 20 years, pretty much everything except had a water cooler. You know, a place to share stories, talk about struggles, successes, and find other people who do the same thing that I do. Welcome to Working in Yoga, a podcast and substitute water cooler for yoga folks to connect and build community, to share our unique profession, our challenges, and our journeys with the world. friends, welcome to Working in Yoga. This week, I have a replay of a live podcast that I recorded with my friends Shannon Crow from the Connected Yoga Teacher podcast and Colin Hall of the Yoga History podcast. The three of us got together with a larger group of listeners live and talked about action items that we could take to prevent Bikram Chowdhury from coming to Canada to teach workshops earlier this year. Why? You might be asking yourself, in case you didn't know, because Bikram Chowdhury has been convicted of crimes in the United States, he has an $8 million arrest warrant out for him in the state of California, and we know that young women are not safe taking his trainings. So throughout all this, in the course of our activism, Shannon, Colin, our new friend Josh, and I reached the conclusion that our activism should not be solely on our shoulders. It's part of why last week's podcast about leadership within the yoga industry is so important to me. Who are our leaders and how are they supporting us? We also started really talking about the cycle of abuse that is present in modern yoga. And it got me really thinking about what our obligations are to support each other within the industry. This is a long episode with some very triggering topics. So please take care of yourself however you need. Now, when I first press play, you're going to hear my friend Shannon introduce this podcast and what she says is so beautiful. This is a recording of her podcast, so you'll hear some of her music throughout, but I think she does such a good job that I kept all of that in. I hope you enjoy it. If you like my content, please make sure to subscribe wherever you are listening. This helps Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you're listening, know that you like me, and then shows my content to other yoga professionals who might also want to listen. Also, of course, you can sign up for my newsletter each week, and that lets you know when the new podcasts drop, and also gives you a few key things to think about. And Just for fun, I'm starting to share some of the articles that I'm finding as I'm doing research about the yoga industry. So if you're a yoga industry nerd like me, make sure you subscribe. Now, go pour yourself a big cup of tea, maybe grab a slice of cake for this one, and here we go. To the survivors, the ones who have been speaking out loudly, braving through, sometimes losing connections to loved ones, while watching justice fail, and to the survivors who didn't speak out for their own good reasons. It's okay. You knew what you needed to do. If you want to speak up, it's never too late, but it's always your decision. To all survivors, please know we stand with you. We believe you, you are not alone, and we want to help you if that feels okay. If you have been in an abusive yoga space with culty vibes, manipulation, and harm, we want you to know that you are not alone and you are not to blame. I'm sorry this happened to you. It shouldn't have happened to you. It doesn't matter if you signed up for something. You didn't make the wrong decision. You didn't know what you know now. The harm was caused by the abuser. What you wore, where you went, what you wrote, or what you said, those are not the details that matter. 
Those didn't cause this. You didn't cause this. When we stand together with linked arms, he can't get through. When we shine the light on this, others can see the monster exposed. If you are in a place where it feels like no one will believe you, please hang on. There are people and organizations who understand and they want to support you. It's okay to feel the pain months and years later. We're here for you along this journey and to the survivors who have felt triggered and re-traumatized, we are sorry. Of course, you are still feeling this. If you need support, it is available 24-7. In Canada, you can call the Women Against Violence Against Women Crisis and Information Line at 877-392-7583. In the U.S., you can call the National Sexual Assault Hotline at 800-656-4673 or reach out at any point via confidential chat online over at rainwith2ends.org. I'll make sure to link to all of these in the show notes. And I hope if you are a survivor who has chosen to listen to today's podcast episode that you feel the support of many yoga teachers who stand with you and also please take care of yourself. Hello and welcome to the Connected Yoga Teacher Podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Crow. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm recording today on the land of the Anishinaabek, Odawa, and Mississauga people, which is about three hours north of Toronto on what's often called the Bruce Peninsula in Ontario, Canada. If you are new here, you might not know that I'm also a mom of three, a yoga teacher, and the founder of Pelvic Health Professionals. If you are a returning listener, you know how things go around here. This podcast was created for you, the yoga teacher, so that each and every week you are connected to information and ideas that are going to support you as you build and grow your yoga business. In today's episode, I'm sharing a podcast interview that was recorded live with Rebecca Sebastian and Colin Hall, who are two amazing people not afraid to speak up, especially when they see harm happening in the yoga world. Over 40 yoga teachers joined us live, and wow, I have to say, I am so grateful for everyone's time and energy who attended this call or who shared this message or who got involved. For those who didn't hear about what I'm talking about today, or if you couldn't make it live, I wanted to make sure that we got the replay to you along with an update on what's happening now. I want to send a very special thanks out to Josh Cooper, a fellow Ontario yoga teacher who I did not know before we started this, who joined us on the live call. Josh had so many action step ideas and he just kept thinking of them, doing them, and then sharing with our group. I want to say, Josh, you did some powerful and inspiring activism work. If ever I was getting to a point where I felt like my energy was getting low, you'd be posting and saying, hey, I just thought of this idea. And this really, this activism work, this really feels like yoga. If you want to connect with Josh on Instagram, he's over at Josh Cooper Yoga, and I'll make sure we link to that in our show notes. Now, this collaboration of amazing yoga teachers came together because we were all concerned with the recent news of Bikram Chowdhury teaching in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. So if you are not aware of who Bikram is, I'll make sure that we link to a news article in the show notes, actually a few of them, that summarize so much of this story. Thank you so much to journalist Megan Devlin for such a good article that compiles everything. If I was going to send you one article, this would be the one. I'll make sure that we link to it in the show notes or you can search for the Daily Hive yoga event and you'll probably come upon this article. There are a couple of articles in Yoga Journal. Thanks to Sarah Harrington and Renee Marie Shetler. Thank you so much, Renee and Sarah. It was really great to read your articles and to know that you're keeping our yoga teachers informed. 
Then over at the Vancouver Sun, locally, Sarah Grachowski was writing. She also covered this story and grabbed a quote (laughs) that summarized how I was feeling about this in one of her articles when I said it was gross. (laughs) So thank you, Sarah, for catching really how I was feeling about things that day. And thank you to all of the journalists who covered this because I know there were some threats made to you and some questions around your journalist integrity. And I found all of you to be extremely professional to work alongside with in this. I will link to all of those. I'm also going to link to a really great podcast episode that you'll hear us reference in this episode. And I am so excited to share the great news that came out of this meeting that we all had in this live podcast interview and that came out of all of the work of journalists, of politicians, of hundreds and thousands of yoga teachers across Canada, but across the world. It really made a difference. And before I tell you that exciting update, I want to thank our sponsors for today's episode. Our first sponsor is Offering Tree. And if you are thinking about using Offering Tree, which I highly recommend if you're a yoga teacher and you want to automate your website, your booking system, your payments, and much more, make sure to check out Offering Tree. Or if you're using them already, make sure to also check out their Facebook group. It's called Offering Tree User Group. I'll link to it in our show notes. The thing I love most about this group is how helpful the community in there is. It's people who are using Offering Tree, helping you along the way. And of course, the team at Offering Tree also is watching for questions that don't get answered. Now, not all companies have a group like this on Facebook where you can talk about updates that you would like to have or questions that you have or questions on specific features. And that's why I really love working with Offering Tree. They care about helping yoga teachers. Today's episode is also brought to you by Pelvic Health Professionals, which is an online membership for anyone wanting to learn the most up-to-date information about pelvic health from amazing worldwide guest experts. And one of your favorite guest experts, Shelly Prosco, is going to be leading a yoga series with us. I am so excited this is coming up. If you want to check that out and find out more, I'll tell you a little bit more later on in today's episode. But if you want to join us and check out what we're doing over there, we're at pelvichealthprofessionals.com. So let's get into this good news because I feel like after this long, long week and more, and for many of you, years of speaking out, the efforts that we did recently to keep Bikram out of Canada worked for now, as far as we know. A statement was released from the Canada Yoga Sports Federation, which I have to be honest, I've never heard of them before this week. And let me be clear, this organization does not represent the majority of Canadian yoga teachers. The board members are, from what I can see, all Bikram, the yoga style, teachers, and they seem to support Bikram, the person, because they invited him to teach here where I live in Canada, along with the gold sponsor, Alison Henry, of Bikram Yoga Garden Lake, located in Enderby, B.C., So I will make sure to link to the full statement that was shared. And I also want to share a link to my Instagram highlight where I kind of captured all of this and pay special attention to the spot where many podcast listeners and Instagram friends commented on how they felt about the letter, which to me, the letter felt threatening and pointed at all of us who spoke up and said, hey, yeah, no, we don't want this self-proclaimed yoga guru who has been sued by multiple women for sexual assaults and misconduct and who has a warrant for his arrest in California, who then fled the U.S. instead of paying the nearly $7 million he now owes, when his former attorney defeated him in court with a sexual harassment and wrongful dismissal suit. No, we don't want that kind of yoga teacher, that kind of person coming to Canada. And we started to ask questions as well, like, can someone with an existing warrant out for his arrest, who has been accused of sexual assault by so many women, can someone like that freely travel into Canada and work here? 
And then the bigger questions were asked, like, who would sign up for this and why? And also, do people who are outside of the yoga teacher community, do they know who Bikram is? And I've started to realize this week, even yoga teachers don't know who this guy is. Just as a little side note, I didn't understand that so many people didn't know who he was. Also, how do we stop the abuse of power that is so prevalent in the yoga world? So this podcast is here for you. If you are wanting to stay informed and stand with survivors, if you are living in one of the many countries that Bikram is planning to travel to this year, because he shared a recent YouTube video saying just that, listing out all of the countries that he's planning to travel to. Or if you want to see more protection for yoga students and yoga teachers when it comes to sexual assault and abuse. So I do want to say I really appreciate you being here. Our group of yoga teachers that met live and continue to talk about this now, even up to today, when it's like this seems like, oh, well, it's over and done with. We are ready and planning. What if we need to repeat all of this again, all of these steps? And that's why I think this podcast episode is super important. So if Bikram plans to reschedule another Canada trip, as the statement reads that they're rescheduling, or if he's headed off, we know he's going to Thailand in April for a yoga teacher training, and then he's planning this worldwide tour. So our group is talking about, okay, how can we let other yoga teachers know the steps that we took to make this successful? So in summary, <laughs> it's really great news. And also, the threats of silencing those who spoke up only fueled all of us in that group. Me especially. <laughs> I'm not being quiet, President Adam Chipiuk, not at all. So have a listen to this podcast that we did live with Rebecca, Sebastian, and Colin Hall, and also Josh jumping in and telling us some action steps. And then I'll be here at the end of the episode just to wrap up, share some key takeaways that I had, and tell you about some events that are happening in person that we're doing. I'm Colin Hall, he, him, and uh, I'm, I'm in Regina, Saskatchewan, which is um, nowhere. Don't even worry about it. And <laughs> it's, it's literally in the middle of nowhere. My primary focus with yoga is on sort of history and philosophy. I've been teaching now for, I don't know, 25 years or so. And um, I have no patience for bullshit at all. Uh, and I came across, excuse the language, came across the, the thing with Bikram and I got really frustrated and angry and managed to connect with some really lovely, lovely people uh, who are also frustrated and angry and wanting to do something. So if you are trying to track me down at some point with a question or a comment or anything, Instagram is probably the best place. And I am at Colin Yogan. So that's me. Rebecca, do you want to jump in and let me off the hook here? Totally. I am Rebecca Sebastian. I am also from nowhere, but nowhere in the United States. <laughs> Straight smack in the middle. I'm in Iowa along the Mississippi River. I am a 20-year yoga teacher, 11-year yoga therapist. I host a podcast called Working in Yoga. Um, and yeah, I also got mad. And what I want for us is for us as an industry to support each other when this stuff happens, for us to come together to find action steps. We've talked to the three of us a lot over the last couple of days about how we can support each other in things like this. You can find me on Instagram at Rebecca Sebastian Yoga. My podcast is everywhere you listen. And Shannon introduced us to you. Oh, pronouns are she, her, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, you too. I'm Shannon Crow, she, her pronouns. Uh, I host the Connected Yoga Teacher podcast. Uh, someone sent this to me. Maybe I saw Colin's. Instagram first. And that really like wound me up. And uh, I, like many other yoga teachers, was thinking, how is this still happening? But it does. It does happen. It's very prevalent in the yoga world. And I've heard from a lot of yoga teachers over the last few days who really want to dig in and do something about this. And so there are a lot of us here who are supporting you. And I especially want to say there have been some yoga teachers reaching out saying like, 
sometimes I don't feel safe in different spaces online or in person. And we want to make that, we want to make it so that yoga spaces are safer. Where are we going to start everyone? I feel like everyone here knows the story of who Bikram is. I don't think we have to start there, right? I don't think so. And there's enough podcasts and documentaries. And Shannon, you did a great job of posting within your community group. And we can do this afterwards if there is, like, we can create a doc that we can share for everybody if you want resources. Um, the Dr. Romani podcast, I think, is a really good one. That's the one, the most recent one. Um, there's books. I, I don't know if you have a favorite, Shannon, but research. It's not a nice story. The podcast that you shared with me, Rebecca, I'm like blanking on what it is. Uh, and it is shared yeah. in the Connected Yoga Teacher Group really was the best one because it broke down like the cycle of abuse yeah. and narcissism and like stopped like the the host of that. Oh my gosh, I don't remember who it is. You'll remember. <laughs> Navigating Narcissism is the podcast and Dr. Dr. Romani is the host and she does a wonderful job about the psychology behind all of this. And she did a really nice job, I thought, talking about how the the steps that you could take if you needed help in those sorts of situations, which she's doing our work for us. She's the professional. Colin, what about you? Anything that you would add, like things that we need to know about the story? I mean, going, if you want to do like sort of the deep dive thing on Bikram, um, the book Hellbent is really quite good. Um, just, and that, that'll take you way, way back and kind of, it kind of sets the sort of bigger picture, um, which I think is really useful actually. Like you don't need it. That's the thing. You don't need it. Um, if, if you read a news story over the past couple of days, it probably had a paragraph about why, we don't think he should be teaching yoga anymore. And that is probably sufficient where you're like, okay, peace out on that. I'm done. Um, and, and that, that would be for my, my money. I don't know why you would want to learn more unless you're just that kind of person, uh, where you're like, no, I'm, I'm fascinated. The Netflix documentary is quite good. Um, I thought it was well done. Somebody was like, I thought it was biased. I was like, yeah, sure. I hope so. Like I really, yeah, let's, let's not try to be fair and balanced here. Um, so, but yeah, no short story is uh, hell bent for the deep dive. Uh, but just honestly, Google, Google, <laughs> Google the name. That's enough. Hey, one other thing, Colin of like <laughs> some more of a deep dive on who the, who's hosting this, because a lot of people have said to me, like who in Canada is doing this? You did a deep dive into this. Can you tell us about the Canadian connection? Because you were the first one to kind of do some internet research and find a connection with the convoy lawyer and being one of the organizers of this. So, yeah, it was actually like the first thing I did. Um, and it's it's typical of the way I operate. I saw Bikram was planning on coming to Canada. First question is, who the hell would do that? Why would someone want to bring him here? I don't get it. So I want to know, A, who is this? Who are these people? And I find this organization called Canada Yoga Sports Federation. Um, right to the about page on their website, and it lists their board of directors. Um, I discover Adam Chipiuk, I think is his name, is the, the president. We can talk a little bit about Adam and some stuff we learned about him today. Um, and um, what I assumed was his wife, I later discovered is his sister, uh, Ava Chipiak. And so then I start sort of like digging on these people and just Googling some stuff. And I, I discover Ava has actually been in the news lots lately uh, because she was representing a woman named Tamara Leach. Um, for, for those of you who uh, maybe just missed it, um, last year, about this time actually, um, Ottawa federal sort of capital of Canada um, got essentially kind of occupied and taken over by people in big trucks who like to honk their horns um, a lot. And um, they 
have oh last time i explained this somebody got really upset because i was like i said that they have a lot of sort of like white nationalist leanings within the organization and people were like you're painting with too broad of a brush a lot of them are just working people who are upset and yeah i know populist movements are like that there are people that get kind of like swept in that don't but a lot of their leadership um openly white nationalists um and um ava who's on the board of um, this yoga sports federation of canada is a lawyer representing them right now the other guys there's a guy named he has um is brad damn his his instagram is be fire uh and he looks creepy um that's the other board member and then there's a guy named Stephen webb who we had all kinds of mutual friends actually on on uh, he's pretty well connected yoga teacher uh but i i had never heard of him personally so i can't speak to those other two guys but the chippyucks i think i have a pretty good sense of where they're where they're coming from Thank you for that summary. What I what I sometimes say if people are from the US and they don't know what happened with our convoy is it was like our version of the January 6th, but over three weeks in Ottawa. Rebecca, what are your thoughts now? Is there anything that you wanted to add to that? Or do you think it's are we making it clear to our US friends? So I'm curious about a couple of things. One, the convoy did make it to the U.S. I don't know if y'all remember, but it actually did make it like circled around, but they couldn't find parking in D.C. So I think that's just how it ended up. <laughs> um, it was less impactful in the States than it was, I know, for you all in Canada. A lot of uh, three weeks was a long time for you all. Um, one thing I do want to say is that as we're starting to unfold this, and I'm seeing a lot of people saying they're from Canada, if there's anybody in Canada who has a lot of nonprofit experience like I do, like Yoga Canada is an organization, and what I would be really curious to know is where their money is coming from. And we've done 48 hours worth of work that we can digging the internet, but if you, if if there's anybody, like I can dig and find where money comes from a nonprofit in the States, but I don't know how that works in y'all's country, but money will make movement happen. So where's it, like, do they have membership or do they have corporate sponsors? If they have corporate sponsors, can we put pressure on those corporate sponsors? Like those kinds of things, if you're trying to create action, it, are really impactful. We did that with Subaru a couple of years ago, and they made a big difference for yoga teachers not getting paid in South Carolina. Um, so find the money if we can is my is my contribution to it. That's always how, as much as we're going to tell people, the story is awful. And the folks who have had to deal with this, it's like Shannon had said a couple of times in your stories today that you were really thinking about some of the people who had been speaking out against Bikram and how they were feeling. The truth is that we will get more impact by following the money. So let's, if any of y'all have time, let's go find it. Please do that. What a good call to action that is to start off. And yes, I just want to highlight, like I have been reminding myself in the tough moments where I start to get a little bit down, like why are people signing up for this or why is this happening? I come back to like, let's think about Jill, who's a woman in Vancouver who was 18 when she signed up with Bikram and was abused and is now being threatened by Adam Chipiuk, one of the organizers, is now being threatened. Connected yoga teachers, I'm going to post a link to a very well-written article that outlines this threat by Adam Chipiuk. It'll be in our show notes. I highly recommend that you take the time to read it and then you be the judge. Does it feel like this is how someone practices yoga off the mat? And does this align with your values? Certainly doesn't align with mine. I very much believe in standing with survivors. They want to bring a letter forward that she wrote when she was young and and being abused and, uh, She's still not backing down, but I have heard that she is, you know, this is really hard on her. So how can we as yoga teachers like really stand with people? Like, And the other thing I've heard is, you know what, this is such an old story. Like there was a woman who posted today, like Bikram hit on my mom 50 years ago. Okay, well, 
this is a long time. We can't just, that doesn't mean that we just look the other way. Do either of you want to talk about that? Like sometimes there's a lot going on and sometimes we don't have capacity as well. I think it's more important now. If Bikram was hitting on somebody's mom 50 years ago, that means he's had 50 years to find 18-year-old girls where he can be in a position of power and exploit that position of power. Now more than ever, we have to stand up and say, look, we know women aren't safe practicing with Bikram. The end. They aren't safe practicing with Bikram. And if we as a community, a yoga community, are able to stand up and say, hey, we don't support this. And here are 10,000 other amazing, wonderful teachers who have their hearts on their sleeves, who are willing to share this amazing practice with the people in front of them. Like, let's lift them up, I think. I don't know. Like, okay, I'm off my soapbox now. I've had my soapbox time, but seriously. Like, there's so many great, so many amazing people in this industry. Let's go practice with them. Anything to add to that, Colin? Uh, no, that was excellent soapboxing. Two thumbs up. I think just to kind of to add to it in terms of like, is this water under the bridge? Is it something that it happened and it's over and let's just move on with it? A, he fled that warrant. So he has not taken responsibility for it. I, I've never, I've never seen a hint of contrition or an apology or anything out of him other than just swagger uh, while he runs and hides from his warrant. Um, so in, in my mind, I, we're dealing with somebody who has been found guilty um, legally. We, 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 it's, it's been confirmed. He's guilty. We, we know he did this. He's yet to take any responsibility for it. Um, as if not as a human being, which that should be enough, but if not as a human being, as a yoga teacher, as someone who um, takes some degree of pride in their profession, um, I don't think any of us should be okay with somebody breaking the law, not taking responsibility for it, and continuing to teach. I think that we we should have some some degree of an ethical standard that we're held to as yoga teachers. And when somebody is very clearly violating that standard in an ongoing way with no attempt to fix it or change it at all, uh, it seems pretty clear to me you, you shut that guy down. So that, I think, is the whole purpose of why we're here, essentially, is how how do we effectively shut this guy down? Um, and I noticed that Josh is in the meeting and um, I know that um, you have actually been in touch directly, I think on the phone with the GM of the hotel uh, that this was supposed to go down at. So I wonder, Shannon, is it okay if, if we get Josh to unmute and just sort of tell us a bit of that story? I think that would be, it would brighten my spirits. For sure, for sure. Hi there. Um, yeah, that was a small win seeing Graham's, uh, the GM's number pop up on my call display. Um, I took the call right away. Uh, it, it took a bit of effort and um, he was very, um, like he, he hedged the call right away by saying like he, he got my message. I've been calling him for over a week and uh, and had been calling the Marriott and um and various numbers and um i filed an integrity report he was really limited in what he could say like he said he can't say that the event is canceled but he said that they're not hosting the event and that if he if they were to say that the event is canceled that they could be held liable for all the proceeds Prior to that, I engaged with my MP's office and um, Hetty Fry, the, the MP's office where that event is happening. I'm not a political activist. I don't do this sort of stuff, but I actually use chat GPT to get some ideas. And um, I, uh, I, I had spoken to the border, Vancouver police. Um, this is a win, but I, I really would like to see, and I'm, I'm so happy, like when Colin took this up, I was like, okay, I am not getting anywhere. I'm really glad the media is on this because I don't think it would have happened without that. But like the next step is um, like, I don't know that they can stop him from coming into the border. And the thing that Graham said that I was like, yes, he's a good guy. 
he said, it's strange that like a musician who smoked pot 40 years ago can't come and play a show, but this guy can come and teach yoga. So um, whatever we can do, I, my, my dream is that he comes to the border and then he gets extradited. And I don't know what we can do to make that happen. And I think these guys, not the Marriott, but the Canada Yoga, I think they were really sneaky. They didn't tell them about Bikram. They did this whole bosses back and they kind of tried to underhandedly make this happen. So I'd love if we could like sneakily get Bikram sent to California to face justice. I just feel so stirred up by this and, and it's not, you know, it's not water under the bridge. So let's do what we can. I also want to say like, Josh, you said you're not a political activist, but you are, and you did a lot of things. And thanks to you, like then I also called that integrity. I did an integrity report for the Marriott as well. And all of those things do matter. And there are a lot of things that all of us can be doing. Connected yoga teachers, Rebecca has some action items for those who live in the U.S. But before we get into those, I just want to give a shout out of thank you to our sponsor, Offering Tree. Thank you so much, Offering Tree, for supporting the podcast and this podcast. Connected yoga teachers, if you don't know who Offering Tree is, they provide an easy to use all-in-one online platform for yoga teachers who want to automate and simplify their website, their booking system, their payments, their blog, and many other online features. If you sign up over at offeringtree.com slash Shannon, you'll get 50% off your first three months or 15% off any annual plan. Offering Tree supports all yoga teachers with this podcast, and they are a public benefit company whose mission is to further wellness access and education for everyone. Now let's get back into the conversation with Rebecca Collin and this amazing group of yoga teachers. Yes. So Americans, listen up here. I know there's a few of you on here and I know there's a few more. I I know y'all know your American friends. So here are the things that we can do. Right now, Bikram has an $8 million warrant out against him in the state of California. We can report the dates he is supposed to be in Canada. We don't know exactly where he is now because the Marriott's not hosting, but February 20th through the 24th in Vancouver, you're going to go to the Department of Justice website. There is a very, very easy form that you can fill out, first name, last name, what it's about, and a quick little blurb reporting where Bikram is going to be so that they can start talking with the Canadian authorities to see if extradition can happen. So that is a simple, I mean, this is like an internet thing. This is like four seconds worth of work. If you're more interested in doing that, I have the LA County courthouse number that you can call. LA County has many courthouses, but we are talking the criminal courthouse, which is the Clara, Clara Flout courthouse. If you're in the States, I'm going to, I'll type it in the chat, the phone number that you can call, but it is. You know, you're pressing one for language. You're pressing until you get a person and keep calling back. It took me five calls before they answered. The criminal courthouse answered my phone call, but I was able to talk to people and report this to them as well. The more people we have talking about how we want the arrest warrant to go forward to catch Bikram in Canada, the higher this is in people's brains, right? So This is the DOJ, Department of Justice website in the States is easy. So, so easy. That's step one. Step two, you can call the LA County Courthouse and I will drop the number in the comments right now. Amazing. What are our calls to action here, Colin, for Canadian yoga teachers if they're different? So we were um, putting a lot of heat on the hotel and that apparently was very effective. So we are able to kind of check that box, which is awesome. Next step for us um, is going to be uh, border services. Um, and um, I think, Shannon, you, you, you have a link handy for people? I do. And I will say okay. that I did this because I wanted to make sure that I knew what I was talking about before I did it. So 
Uh, and there were a few other reports in there. I got a hold of someone at that border office and they said, oh, we have a few reports and that makes a difference. So I'll share the link. There's an online form or you can call. So I think that's that's a really crucial one. So that's sort of, I think, the legal step. And and another another thing to consider is like just elected representatives. And, and like Josh was talking about, um, I I have yet to reach out, but I'm I have a suspicion that a call to our Minister of Immigration and Citizenship might be worthwhile. Um, and that would be a relatively easy thing to look up. Canada Minister of Immigration and Citizenship. Um, I feel like that's not going to be particularly difficult. Um, media stuff. So that's on the sort of the legal side. Um, and I think a lot of a lot of this is going to come down to, as far as I can tell anyway, ramping up pressure and essentially making this entire experience incredibly uncomfortable for the organizers of that event um, so that they do not feel like this is okay, that they feel like they're doing something wrong. Uh, and because they are, I don't think that they realize that they are. Um, they probably think this actually is totally legit and fine. And they're just making some money. Like, you know, what I, I don't know what they think, but um, the more, media stories that there are about this the better uh and so if you haven't signed there's a petition going around a change.org petition if you haven't signed that yet um more signatures on that leads to basically media outlets going hey it seems like people care about this story that's something that will probably generate clicks uh and journalists want to write stories about things that people are interested about so the more um stories that we share on our social media the more um we if you happen to know people that work in journalism contacting them uh and saying is this something that maybe you or somebody you know might be interested as a file you could take on um that i think would be an incredibly helpful move if we can contact the Vancouver Board of Tourism and tell them that this guy is trying to come to their beloved city of Vancouver and he is looking for a spot and can you help us make it really hard for him to find one, that actually might be the fastest way to go. If anyone's posting this on social media and just tag us, and we'll share it. Someone else is asking about the CBC. I have the contact information for Vancouver CBC, so I'll pop that in the chat. If we all message them, they might think, oh, there's a lot of people interested in this. Yeah, I've, I've contacted all of the national news outlets multiple times now, and so far, no nibbles. I'm going to get them. You usually can do that. It's going to be national news. You usually can do this. It will be, yeah. I feel like I can get them. And I feel like working on producers of like the ESPN 30 for 30 podcast, hunting those folks down. I've contacted the people who have covered this for the New York Times. There's a couple people that I know in the yoga world who have deep connections in the Times. Connected yoga teachers Colin also shared some things that he's been working on. So I've been in contact with the law firm that represented Mickey, uh, Jada Bodden, Jaffa Bodden, and they're trying to, I can't remember exactly what the wording was, but they're trying to get that warrant made federal. I asked our group how we can decrease sexual assault and harm caused by the power imbalance in yoga. And here's what Colin had to say about that. We face kind of a bigger issue. And, and this, I, I don't, I, I think that it's probably best to keep this as practical and kind of like, let's, let's get this jo one job done. But there's a, there's a subsidiary here that's a big one. And that's the question that I've seen so much in, in the comments around this, which is, I don't know why people keep on signing up for this. I can't figure out why people insist on subjecting themselves to this. Why is this happening? And that, I think, is a really good question for us to sort of ask ourselves in terms of not necessarily how do we shut down this one event, uh, but how do we shut Bikram down, generally speaking? Um, what what steps are needed um, to 
make people less interested in taking classes with this guy. And um, I'll be honest with you, I find it mystifying as well. I I I have I have yet to kind of like have the insight flash in my mind that goes, well, they're obviously just doing such and such a thing. Um it um it it, it I I'm 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 rarely at a loss for words. And in this instance I kind of am, but I feel like that's a really that's sort of that's the next thing, right? In terms of this we have this strategy about legal and media and how do, how do we go about interfering and, and making this uncomfortable for for the organizers but then how do you reach out to the people who actually want to spend 800 US dollars for 4 days US dollars that's a lot of them those dollars so how 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 do you talk to those people? Because I my, my suspicion, and I'm sorry for blabbing here, but my suspicion is saying to them, well, he's been found guilty of sexual harassment, and and he part of that lawsuit, the reason he fired his lawyer is she was investigating claims of rape. He he's been grooming and sexually abusing his students. Unfortunately, I think a lot of the answer might be, yeah, 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 but that was before. Now it's different. And when you're in that kind of a situation, I'm not quite sure what the next step is, like what the next thing is to say, uh, other than please don't. And maybe this is also a conversation to bring Yoga Alliance into as well. I know that we had talked about that before we jumped on live here, just like, are these people with Yoga Alliance in any way? But also Yoga Alliance takes a lot of fees from many of us. And uh, that's what they're supposed to be doing is like looking at these standards. And Yoga Alliance isn't just for the U.S. It's for international teachers. Um, I love how people are coming up with ideas here. Some people know some politicians, some yeah. people. That's amazing. So good. The other thing is, and this is just a technicality, I bet he doesn't have a work visa here in Canada. You need a work permit if you're going to be teaching. Shannon, I'd love to hear your thoughts about sort of that bigger picture question you asked. As as Colin said so eloquently, we don't know why people are still signing up. I have some ideas, but I think they're bigger industry ideas. But I feel like you and I might have similar ideas. I'd love to hear what you have to say. I think that we can build a network that I was telling these two before we hit record that this yoga teacher reached out and told me that someone is harassing them online, calling them a feminist, which doesn't seem like an insult, but really harassing them. And they've gotten to the point where they're a bit afraid of calling this person out. And I think we need to lean on each other in those instances and say like, hey, I need a community who is going to step forward. And and. Jill right now can't step forward in this. Like she already tried and she's been threatened and, and she's already. And so it, we need all of us to be the ones stepping forward. So I don't know what that looks like. It'd be great if Yoga Alliance decided to put something like that together because we're already paying them <laughs> to do things with ethics and standards. But Maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's the dream world. I think it's worth discussing the, the underpinnings of why so many of us started a yoga practice to begin with. I mean, so many of us came to yoga from a vulnerable space and I'm just going to speak for myself and everybody in my studio. Um, we, we come from vulnerability often and, and, the opportunity to take on a practice that could facilitate transformation and change for a lot of us in those moments where you first walk in the door and I'm thinking of somebody who walked in the door in my studio just two days ago who has fibro and said, my doctor's been telling me for years and I'm so sad and I can't get out of bed, but you seemed like a nice place to be. So I came and started yoga and I feel like so many of us have a story that is a variation of that, that makes us vulnerable when we start in our practice. And if you start in your practice from that vulnerable space and you're 18 and you don't understand power dynamics 
and, and, and you're coming into a hypersexualized culture where people are sweaty and their outfits are tiny and all of these things coupled on top of the other make this feel like what, why wouldn't you say yes? This is somebody who's helped facilitate your transformation. That that Benjamin Lore book that Colin referenced, Hellbent, covers this, I think, in a really beautiful way and in probably the most neutral account accounting of the Bikram practice that I've read yet. There, there are beautiful moments there too. And we have to acknowledge the space that so many people are coming into our practices with that vulnerability piece. I think that's that's it exactly, Rebecca. And that podcast that you sent to me, um, which we'll make sure, I don't know, I can grab the link here for it if you want to. Yeah, that really outlines how this happens slowly over time. And I just want to highlight as well that, you know, abusive relationships, abusive, this power dynamic in a yoga teacher training, it doesn't just happen to like weak, stupid people. I just want to say that. I think it's very important that we know that strong, smart, powerful people can also be manipulated and controlled over time. I think that's really important. And, and it's important to really stand with the people, the survivors who are coming forward and saying, you know, whatever letter they wrote when they were 18 doesn't matter. It's it's the abuse that we have to focus on. The other thing is that if we root it out and we expose it, like Bikram might not try this to, to come to Canada again, or his team might be like, well, that was brutal. Remember when the hotel got pulled from all these people calling? Uh we don't want to do that. And and if we keep doing that in various places, like um, the next place he's teaching his teacher training is Thailand. Like, let's let's figure out who our teachers are there who really care about that place and that space. And in terms of people signing up, I had a yoga teacher reach out to me years ago and say, um, do you want to come to this event? And I quickly did a Google search and was like, this person was charged with sexual abuse. Nope. And she's like, oh, no, like she said exactly that. That was a long time ago. And like those things weren't proven. I'm like, there's no way that I'm going if that was even. No, sorry. Like that exists in the yoga world over and over again. And this is someone who I went to high school with and, you know, had a connection with. So it's still going to happen. I think we can't. Those people have something going on in their lives, right? If we're putting ourselves in a place Yes, we're vulnerable when we go to yoga teacher training, but then if we get caught in this cycle of abuse, like let's not blame the people that are signing up. We can we can definitely figure out can we does someone know them that can talk to them? And also can we warn the people who don't know? Like what if there's just, you know, Sue has invited her friend Sally and said, come to this hot yoga class, you'll sweat a lot. Like let's make sure that other people do do know. Cause some people don't. Yeah, I guess it's it's easy to sort of make the assumption that everyone knows. How could you not know, right? Like it's you you say the name Bikram and you would assume that everybody in the world would go, "Ooh, that you know what I mean?" Like you just that would be the assumption. Um I teach uh like a 100 level kinesiology class. And I usually do a little section in that class about consent and um, abuse and how to how to sort of establish consent in, in yoga classes and stuff like that. And I, I bring up Bikram in that class. I bring up Bikram and Patabi Joyce are the two examples I use. I always assume that people will not have heard of Patabi Joyce. But my assumption is that everyone will know who Bikram is. I'm talking like probably four or 500 students a year. I've had maybe two or three over the past 10, 15 years who actually know who he is. So what, what we know and what is known, generally speaking, I think is quite different. I think there's a good chance that the bulk of us are operating in a little bubble 
And that is not the same bubble that other people are operating in. Yep. That's when I called like that integrity hotline. I, I finally said to the woman, just like a quick Wikipedia search of this man will will tell you like a lot of things in a hurry. And she was like, oh, wow. <laughs> so you're right. People don't know. Not everyone has seen the Netflix special. So you can all share this in some way also on your social media. And I know that some people are hesitant to share because they're like, well, there's enough like struggle and strain in the world. If you could educate one person, like if it was like, hey, this man's trying to come to Vancouver, but he's also like has an, a, an arrest warrant in the U.S. And like his lawyer has him up on like it, it's his lawyer that won the the case against him his own lawyer i mean there are some things that might grab some people's attention when you go to share it for sure and then um you can say like tag your vancouver friends watch out for this don't go to this yoga class uh there was someone who was asking me like and maybe it was in the chat here as well and i know this well what about when like i studied kundalini yoga you know, and and same thing happened in our lineage. Not the exact same thing, but sexual abuse allegations are are there in so many of the lineages. How do we separate like the yoga that we do? If we still do that yoga, like let's say someone loves their hot 26, the Bikram flow. Any thoughts on that? It's tough. It's a it's a really really tough conversation. If 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 you have done a practice and it gave you really good results, it worked for you. It's very difficult, I think, to somehow accept or deal with the fact that that practice is by its nature it is connected to a particular person. And it it would be so much easier if we could just say, you know, um, I really like um, the the remix to Ignition by R. Kelly. Great song, really is. The fact that R. Kelly is a monster doesn't mean that at some level I don't actually quite still like the song. I do. I do kind of like the song still. I am not going to go see R. Kelly in concert. I am not going to buy an album. I'm not going to I'm not going to put that song on a playlist that other people are going to like I'm not going to do any of those things. And that is that's part of this sort of process of like I think saying to people you can still have your hot flow. You're allowed to have a hot, sweaty-ass yoga class. Have a good time. You can even have somebody stand there and talk in a very boring voice while you do it if you want. Um, th that's okay. But there, there, need, there needs to be, I think, some, some way of kind of getting through to people that um, as long as his name is there, it's a it's a problem. I particularly, I mean, if if he's profiting and making money off this, he's he's making money off his own crimes. Um, and that I I would hope that for most people, once they kind of start thinking about the fact of like, okay, what if what if I was one of the people R. Kelly abused and I'm at a party and somebody puts on the remix to ignition? Am I like, yeah, that, no, probably that's going to be super upsetting. And that little practice and empathy might potentially help. I don't know. I, I feel like that's a bit of a stretch, but that's my stretch. I'm a yoga teacher. Such a good example. Rebecca, anything from you? Um, I agree with Colin. And one of the things that I think when I hear this discussion about, I love the practice, but I hate the person is that we often have those discussions about people who are dead. 
So it is, I love the music, but or I love Picasso, but I hate what he did. I love, you know, this book that I read, you know, so-and-so was a master author, but I hate how he behaved when he was alive, but Bikram isn't. He's still alive. He's still practicing. And that means women are still at risk. Like, that means women, any woman who comes in his vicinity could potentially be at risk. That, to me, supersedes all else. I want you to love your practice. I want you to, like, get hot and sweaty with your 26 and 2. I want you to lay on your floor with your yoga towel so sweaty that it's just gross to everybody else on your cushy carpeting. Having heard the stories about whatever sandwich you're folding in the middle of the practice, I want all of that for you. script and makes all of the studios have the carpeting in jail for sexual assault. Like I can want both those things. And I think we can acknowledge that this is a both and like the practice can be beneficial, but the man is not safe. So well said. Thank you, Rebecca and Colin. Pamela is just putting a link in. Some good work has been done here. Project Satya.org. Also, there are some yoga teachers I know who want to like write blogs about this and share about this. Uh, keep keep sharing it. Keep talking about it. Like if you can think of one key takeaway here and share it on your Facebook or your TikTok or your Instagram or whatever, uh, Twitter is still a thing I heard. I also appreciate that you're all here and thinking of ideas. And let's keep doing that. It really will make a difference. It already made a huge difference in that the venue is not hosting him now. They got out of that. Anything else that you want to say, Colin? We already proved this works. You know what I mean? Like we all, we got the win and it wasn't the full win, but it was a win. And it's, it's, it's demonstrating that when people get together and organize, you get results. Um, and I have, I have believed for a long, long time, direct action gets the goods. You, you want something to change. You have, you can't sit there and wish for it to change. Everyone knows that it's true in yoga. It's true in society. If you want something to change, you have to actually freaking do it. Reading about it, thinking about it does nothing. You actually have to like literally phone somebody like write an email and the really pleasant and enjoyable thing about the world that we live in these days so you actually don't have to like travel too far you don't have to do anything all that uncomfortable that is really pretty incredible uh but direct action gets the goods make it happen and organization works and we should really celebrate this thing right here we should feel really really good about this sometimes i look at the yoga community generally speaking and I go like, Ugh. like, is that, that's my people? You know what I mean? Like, no, I don't like it. Right now, I like it. I, I really like it a lot. Um, and Sarah's right. I am all talk and thankfully no action. <laughs> Connected yoga teachers, there was a bit of an inside joke going around that if Bikram did get arrested when he came to Canada... Colin would run around his block naked, and that's why we had a bit of a laugh here when he said his wife Sarah was in the comments saying he was all talk and no action. And I have to say, we all needed this little moment of like laughter after really talking about action steps and, and what we can do and why is this happening, all of those heavy things. And this week, I really had to laugh again when Josh asked Colin in a private message that we have, hey, does this count? <laughs> Colin let him know that, no, this did not count. He's not arrested. Josh let him know, hey, if you do decide to run around your block, maybe put something on so that you don't get arrested. <laughs> Rebecca, what are your it's following that. <laughs> I don't know if I can follow that, but I'm going to be honest with you. The one thing I wanted to say is any of you who need support, if you've experienced sexual assault or you're feeling triggered in any way, I dropped a link to the Yoga Alliance website. Yoga Alliance, good, bad, or otherwise, has done a very nice job of having composite resources for those of us who need support. I'm happy to be a support person. You can reach out to me on Instagram and I'm happy to slide 
you into the right direction if you need support. Yeah, and reach out to any of us. All of us are very accessible on Instagram. Thanks for listening, Working in Yoga friends, if you've made it this far. Here are my key takeaways. Number one, organizing works, and it especially works if you follow the money. Following the money is the fastest way to see a result from your organizing. So if you're looking to take action on a cause, any cause that's important to you, look to where the money is first. It is likely the quickest way to reach your goal. Number two, public accountability organizations like journalists and the media can be your friends. Don't hesitate to reach out and ask them for assistance on bringing more light to a subject. Number three, we all hold responsibility within the yoga professional arena to make sure that our participants are safe. This is not just a them problem. We are all responsible for the health, safety, and overall well-being of those people who would call themselves students of yoga. And lastly, make friends on your activism journey. Find other people who are just as passionate about a cause as you and team up with them. It makes the job much less daunting and more palatable. Okay, so next week, I'm going to do another solo podcast updating you on what happened after we got together and then also share some tips on what you can do now to advocate for the safety of yoga teachers and yoga students. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time.